0: Hey, welcome to the February 2021 Postcards from a Dying World Book Review Digest. So these are coming in late every month, and I apologize for that. Uh, I'm going to try to get them in earlier, but at least you're getting the digest. Uh, If anybody out there is really upset about them coming in late, let me know. So the first book that I read this month was Signals by F. Paul Wilson, I was a little skeptical that this would add to the saga, but I don't know, uh, 37 books in and Wilson brings it again. For serious fans of The Secret History of the World Saga, which basically um, goes through his entire career, uh, this one is a must-read, but if you haven't read any books of The Secret History, then you need to start somewhere else. Start with The Tomb or, well, I would say start with The Keep, the first book. Uh, in the entire secret history. But anywho, uh, F. Paul Wilson is a genius and is a bestseller with a legion of fans for a reason. These books are complicated as they are plot-wise are are written with a reader in mind. So this is a page-turner if you are familiar with most of the story, the 36 books, and this one really is for the fans, for the people who have read the 36 books before. Um, so don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really good things that, um, I appreciated in this book. There's a reason why I bought it, didn't get it at the library, wanted it on the shelf. So the next thing that I read was the Blade Runner graphic novels, volume one and two, the Blade Runner 2019, which, you know, as a dickhead, there's, um, a lot to pick apart here. Blade Runner, um, doesn't really follow much of the source material, but that's okay because I'm a fan of the movie um, and this does fan service really tastefully. So so the story follows Ash, who is a Blade Runner in the same LAPD adjacent office as Deckard. If you read the script, you can, uh, if you read the script, you would assume that uh, Deckard is um, up north hunting skin jobs if you read the screenplay. Uh, that was going on. And so this kind of plays with that. Um, And she is paralyzed, but using illegal tech. This was a good reveal. There's all kinds of really good stuff. The uh, second volume goes off world, which is the first time we've seen the off world in the Blade Runner universe. So uh, this is media tie in done right. I really enjoyed the story It made me wish that we had a movie based on this character. Uh, It's really good to read this listening to the Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 soundtracks. That's what I did. I put it on on headphones and uh, I had a good time reading those. So I'm going to read volume three here coming up soon. So the next I read was Book of Coli by M.R. Carey. So I read this book because it was nominated for the Philip K. Dick Award, but also... um, I'm a fan of Mike Carey's work, uh, specifically his work as M.R. Carey. I think uh, The Girl with All the Gifts is a masterpiece. This book was built on writing tricks that are pet peeves of mine, so you might not mind it as much as I did. There's actually a neat story here. I like the concept, but the delivery just killed me. This was the stumbling block for me in The Book of Kalloye. Uh, it's a first-person narrative, which is my least favorite way to tell a story in the novel form. I think it locks a storyteller into breaking their own rules the way a found-footage movie has to a lot of times. We know the storyteller lives to tell the end of the tale. We have to hear it in that character, not the author's voice. And That being said, a well-composed first-person narrative like King's Dolores Claiborne, for example, will slip out of my mind as I'm carried away with the story. So first person can work for me, but I prefer uh, work in the author's voice. The problem with Book of Koloi is that the first person is so odd and so different that I was constantly paying attention to it and not the actual story, like how it was composed. I was paying attention to to, to that. So it's set hundreds of years in the future after the fall of civilization in england i-n-g-l-a-n-d of the former y-e-w-k-a-y-u-k the prose was written by someone who doesn't know stuff like us educated folks i mean this is the whole book at least early on the dialect is so heavy i just couldn't flow with the story and you know that would be a really difficult book to write so I'm not knocking him for doing it. I just I just couldn't get into it. It seems to me that Carrie started this journey going in a different direction and vibe than where the story ended up. I think this novel will work for some people, and I don't think it's a bad novel. It's probably actually a good one. It just didn't work for me. There were too many personal dislikes that it, that it involved, and it's not Carrie or this novel's fault. He had a mission in mind when he started this book, and I suspect that he knew he would lose some people. That is a choice artists sometimes have to make. Not everything is for everyone. But, you know, like I said, he set the bar really high for himself launching his first Mr. Carey book with Girl with All the Guests, which I thought was a masterpiece. Funny thing is that the hook at the end of this book was so good that I'm kind of interested in what happens with the rest of the trilogy. But I don't know if I'm interested enough to read it Probably just read spoiler book reviews. Next up was Gridlocked by Cody Goodfellow. Gridlocked is an effective tale that feels like a story out of an EC Comics jazzed up with elevated prose. And that's kind of the Goodfellow vibe in a nutshell. Insane ideas written with intelligence and skills that separate good from the good from the boring splatterpunks. Anybody can write a story with a nail going through an eyeball, but not every writer can gross you out and make you feel smarter at the same time. To me, that's the difference between uh, Cody Goodfellow and a lot of his other extreme horror contemporaries. As for the second novella, this book was two novellas, Gridlocked and Breaking the Chain Letter. Uh, So I kind of have to recuse myself a little bit here because... I asked Cody to write Breaking the Chain Letter for an anthology uh, called The Vault of Punk Horror that I co-edited. It's a great anthology that I would have been proud of if we know what we were doing when we made it. But as a result, there's only about 30 of them in the world. And that story was in that book. But this is a neat little like pocket sized commuter friendly book with two stories. Um, you could easily eat, read gridlocked on a bus ride to work in the morning breaking the chain letter on the uh, bus ride home and that's about eight bucks. You can't go wrong with that. And uh, you know, Cody keeps winning the uh, wonderland award for a reason. He's one of the best weird fiction writers that we've got. So um, yeah, so the next half or um, the next book that I read was breakfast in the ruins by Barry Maltzberg. The first half of this book is made up of essays written mostly in 1979 and 80 about the first 40 years of science fiction. The second half is made up of essays from the late 90s and early 21st century. The essays are very uh, similar, in fact. Um, You might um, notice the difference that if Maltzberg had not mentioned John W. Campbell would have loved the internet or that Murray Leinster was the first to predict it in a story in 1946. That was a story called Logic Called Joe, by the way. that You wouldn't even notice that the second essays were written at a more recent time without that kind of mention of the internet because the essays are very similar to the ones written in 1979 and 80. so breakfast in the ruins is a book that was clearly and openly influenced by damon knight's in search of wonder which collected his essays and thoughts on the early days of science fiction i read that book last year and i think both are very important if you're not making lists of books in the canon that um, that you want to read Well, reading these books, you're doing it wrong. So while I was reading Breakfast in the Ruins, I added probably 40 books to my Goodreads want to read list and found a few that were already there from reading Damon Knight's book. Um, But anyways, in the opening essay, Maltzberg talks about his definition of science fiction. In 1980, he stated it this way. Science fiction is a form of literature which deals with the effect of technological change in an imagined future An Alternate, Present, or a Reconceived History. Sounds pretty good to me. Anyways, um, he has uh, essays about whether science fiction will survive or not. But what we do know is that uh, Barry freaking Maltzberg survives. And you can uh, find some of his books reissued in recent years on uh, Anti-Opedius Press um, by Professor David Harlan Wilson. He's reprinted Beyond Apollo, Revelations, Galaxies, and I'm sure more to come. He's keeping the Maltzberger science fiction alive. The next book I read was The Void Captain's Tale by Norman Spinrad. I think I get what Norman Spinrad was laying down here. Often in Spinrad's long and honored career, he's misunderstood more than is probably fair. But let's face it, Spinrad is a provocateur as much as anybody, and this novel is as interesting and underrated of an experiment in science fiction that is only limited by some of its outdated and unintentional sexual politics. But when you factor in that it's a space opera with an FTL drive driven by female orgasms, it is a little cringy. Okay, I know that it's cringy. But considering that Spinrad's a very lefty or has very lefty political stances, I wanted to at least give the book a more serious look. Spinrad also called it his anarchist science fiction novel. On that note, the anarchist features are more subtle than Le Guin's The Dispossessed, which is the most famous science fiction exploration of anarchism in practice. But the Void Captain's tale has more in common with Le Guin's always coming home which is about a non-hierarchical society, but is quietly expressed in a way which makes it less likely to be found on the shelf at an anarchist info shop. That said, it is no less radical. If I am reading the Void Captain's tale correctly, Spinrad is doing Dune with the influences of the Summer of Love and the late 60s radicalism. What if your far-future galaxy-spanning story was about um, not about a Cambellian, and I mean either of them, Hero's Journey, and inspired by the free love and drug culture of the radical youth subculture at that time. Anyways, that's Void's Captain's Tale. Um, in the end, I recommend it, but uh, there's just a few things I found a little cringy. Next, I read East of West, which is a graphic novel um, series that is um, pretty exciting. I found this title is most exciting in its cross genre aspects yeah it's sci-fi dystopia but it also has elements of political alternate history cowboy yee-haw western and supernatural horror with villains like death and the four horsemen you know this is a dark piece of work the creator jonathan hickman plays with the weird and wild ideas that tv movies would struggle with like uh, evil little kids east of west is bananas. And since it was nominated for every award in the comics field, I feel pretty late to the party eight years after it came out. Anyways, I got some reading to do. I'll be reading future issues of that. Next, I read Galactic Pot Healer for the Dickheads podcast, but you're going to get a whole episode on Galactic Pot Healer on Dickheads. So you should be following the Dickheads podcast anyways to hear that. And the last book I read this month was a short novel by josh mallerman author of bird box and that is house at a house at the bottom of a lake which crosses many horror subgenres. and you know what i'm sorry i slept on it as long as i did it's a haunted house novel sort of it's a ghost story sort of it's a fully romantic coming-of-age tale and about first love that is built on a slow build that balances creepy dread and romance so perfectly sweet that it feels like a fairy tale so yep that was what i read in february 2021 i don't think i'm going to read quite as much in march but um, halfway through that month and uh we'll see you next month maybe i'll get that one in before mid-april <laughs> anyways uh thanks for listening